0: Will you please turn to Philippians, the letter to the Philippians, chapter 3, verse 8. Philippians, chapter 3, verse 8. But surely... I count also all things to be lost, on account of the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, on account of whom I have suffered the loss of all, and count them to be feared, that I may gain Christ. Romans Chapter Eight We begin with verse eighteen Through verse twenty seven Romans Chapter Eight, verse eighteen For I reckon that the sufferings of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the coming glory to be revealed to us. For the anxious looking out of the creature expecting, expects the revelation of the sons of God. For the creature has been made subject to vanity, not of his will, but by reason of him who has subjected the same, in hope that the creature itself also shall be set free from the bondage of corruption into the liberty of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans together and travails in pain together until now. And not only that, but even we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we also ourselves groan in ourselves, awaiting sonship, that is, the redemption of our body. For we have been saving hope, but hope seen is not hope. For what anyone sees, why does he also hope? But if what we see not, we hope. We expect impatience. In like manner, the Spirit joins also its help to our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray for as is fitting, but the Spirit itself makes intercession with groanings which cannot be uttered. But he who searches the heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he intercedes the saints according to God. Then we'll turn to Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. We begin with verse 24 to verse 29. Now I rejoice in suffering for you, and I feel of that which is behind of the tribulations of Christ in my flesh, for his body, which is the assembly, the church, of which I became minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given me towards you to complete the word of God, the mystery that has been hidden from ages and from generations, but has now been made manifest to his saints, to whom God will make known what are the riches of the glory of the mystery among the nations, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we announce admonishing every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, to the end that we may present every man perfect in Christ. Whereunto also I toil, combating according to his working, which works in me in power. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we want to praise and thank Thee for giving us the privilege of being at Thy table, Thy table of love, that love that loves to the very uttermost. Lord, may Thy love constrain each and every one of us knowing that we are no longer ours, but we are yours. Give us that strong passion to gain Christ. Enable us to toil and labor Not for ourselves, but for the completion of Thy eternal purpose. O dear Lord, we are here, redeemed, not for ourselves, but we are here for Thee. And may all that which Thou hast purposed In thy heart for us, be fulfilled, that God may be glorified. We commit this time into thy hand, Lord. Speak, thy servants hear it. We ask in thy precious name. Amen. Thank God for bringing us to this last full day. I suppose we all know that the reason why we come together is that we may fellowship on this matter of spiritual travail. At first look, you may think that it is a very heavy subject. But the more you think about it, the more you see that it is grace. Grace begins the work, and grace continues until the work is done. So when we are fellowshipping on spiritual travail, do not look at ourselves. Look to him. The one who travail for us and bring us to this whole realm of travailing. From the very beginning to the very end, it is grace. But it is grace received, responded. We have received His grace and be saved. And He has put His life in us, He has put His Spirit in us, in order that by all His provisions, we may really come to know him and know what is in his heart. If there is anything that we can satisfy God's heart, we have to acknowledge it is not in ourselves. It is in Christ and Christ in us. Now, for the sake of some who have not been with us during the past days, let me just briefly say spiritual travail is based upon the travailing of God for us. If he has not travailed for us, we will not be here. We will have no means to travail in any way. We are called today to travail. It is our calling. But this calling is based upon what he has done for us. We thank thee that we are the fruit of the travail of our Lord Jesus. And out of the travailing, He puts His life in us. He gave us His Holy Spirit to dwell in us without leaving us. Now, what is all the purpose behind it? We say that travail Is unto birth. But when there is birth, is that the final end? Now when a woman is in travail and give birth to a child, he forgets, she forgets all her anguish, tribulation, sorrow. And she was, she is glad. Why? Because a man has been born into this world. What comes out is a baby. But what she expects is a man. And isn't that true that whenever there is any birth on this earth, even though that birth is beautiful, and yet, if that birth does not end to be a man or a woman, now the joy will soon be turned into sorrow. So it is the same thing with God. We find that it is out of the travail of our Lord Jesus on Calvary's cross. We are born into the family of God. Thank God for that. But what is the purpose behind it? Is it that God wants to have a kindergarten full of babies forever and forever? Not so. What God has in mind is his beloved son. He wants to have many brethren for his son. He wants his son to be the firstborn among many brethren. The son is the model. And he was those who are born again To be transformed, to grow until they take upon themselves the very image of his son. To be characterized not only by his life, but by the expression, the full expression of that life to be Christ-like, in order that we may be fit to be his eternal companion. Otherwise, God's purpose cannot be reached. So that's the reason why our Lord Jesus travailed for us. And that is the reason why he calls us are the fruits of his travail, to travail with him in our spirit, that we too may fulfill all that God has ordained for us. So, dear brothers and sisters, this whole matter of spiritual travail is a must. If you look at it from God's viewpoint, it is a must. Because this is God's eternal purpose. He wants his son to be all and in all. He wants all of us who are babes in Christ to grow up to sonship. He wants to have a church, his own body, fully grown, fit to be the eternal bride of his beloved son. And God has all these in his mind, even before the foundation of the world. And thank God, he who has purposed, he will fulfill it. And thank God that he put us in it, involved us, In this. So, dear brothers and sisters, this whole matter of spiritual travail is a privilege. It is a calling to every brother and sister, every born again child of God. Now, it is true, there are different levels of spiritual travail, And yet, everybody is involving it. And as we grow in spiritual stature, that is, as we grow in Christ Jesus, as we allow the life of Christ Jesus to take over us more and more, then this spiritual travail will be fuller and fuller until God's purpose is done so I hope that every brother and sister be encouraged and know that this is a calling for every one of us now we did ask this question is suffering necessary in travailing. Briefly speaking, we may say, travail is exertion, is exercise. But it is because there is sin in this world. Therefore, it becomes a universal law that wherever there is travail, there is suffering. But thank God, that suffering is not negative at all. That suffering is positive because it brings us into the full fulfillment of God's purpose. Now, this morning, we would like to fellowship on the fourfold areas of spiritual travailing. First of all, we would like to see, even from the physical standpoint, You know, when we are born, we are a baby. We have life. But that is the beginning. We are born for the purpose that we may grow up into manhood and womanhood. Now, when we are growing up, we all know there is a growing pain. Actually, every moment we are living in this world, we are fighting a battle. It is a battle of life and death. We are born We are with life, but all around us is death, because sin is in this world. All the germs are around us. Every day we are living is a real battle. You have to fight against the death around you in order to grow. And this is the reason why there is growing pain. Otherwise, I would think we can grow without any pain. And this is the reason why when we grow, we have to exercise. We have to exert ourselves. We have to force ourselves, as it were to overcome the death around us. Death is trying to intrude into us, to cut short that life. But thank God, he enabled us to fight against it, and we will live and grow and mature into manhood and womanhood. Now, this is physically speaking, But the same principle applies spiritually. Thank God we have been given a spiritual life. It is the life of Christ in us. And this life of Christ in us is supposed to live. But as this life is living in this world, It is surrounded with death, surrounded with all kinds of spiritual germs. And when you live under that kind of situation, a believer, a Christian, living in this present sinful world, you find that there is opposition. Not only (laughs) around you, but the greatest opposition is within you. You remember Martin Luther said, I am not afraid of the popes, the cardinals, the archbishops, the bishops. Of all that system. But I'm afraid of the Pope within me. That is our old life. That is our Adamic life. That is the life that we receive from our forefather when we are born into this world. And unfortunately you find This life is still there with us. It resides in our soul. It seems to be in control, as it were, for a long time. It is in control of our feeling. It is in control of our thoughts. It is in control even of our opinion and will. And even after we have received a new life, the life of Christ in our new spirit, unfortunately in our soul, this old Adamic self, I, is still in charge. And that is the reason why in spiritual travailing comes from. Now otherwise, as soon as we are saved, as soon as we receive the life within us, we will grow day and night quickly and arriving maturity in no time. There will be no opposition. There will be no fighting, no travailing as it were. It should be supernaturally natural. But why is it? After we have believed in the Lord Jesus, we do not have a smooth sailing to heaven. Why? You know, I'm afraid among God's people, we have a false sense of grace. We say it is all of grace. Thank God for that. It is. And grace upon grace. No doubt about that. But our concept of grace is so cheap. We feel that it, because grace is free, therefore we can abuse it. Even we abuse it, grace is still there. It's okay. You do not need The cross, you do not need to deny yourself, you do not need to do anything. As soon as you are saved, you will be taken on a sedan chair and bring to heaven. That is a false concept. And even worse than that, we have the prosperity gospel. Now, before you are saved, you can be very poor. But now you are saved, you are a child of God. Everything belongs to you. I remember in the early 60s, when there is the so-called child of God movement. Those who say we are a child of God, children of God, so they go to the store and just take things, because this is all belong to our Father. Brothers and sisters, there's a false conception of grace. True, everything is grace. But do not think that you are being carried on sedentia to heaven. Grace if it really works in our lives, it will produce a similar character within us. It will make us as loving, as gracious as the loving God and the gracious Lord. And because of that, there will be travailing. It is a spiritual travailing. Now, what are the four areas of spiritual travailing? Number one, there is a spiritual travailing after Christ. You remember the Apostle Paul? He wrote in Philippines, Chapter Three. He said, I count all things as dross for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I'm willing to lose all things in order to gain Christ. Now, do not try to mess up. Is it not it is Christ who gains us. Now why is it the Apostle Paul said, gain Christ? Is it not he has already been gained by Christ on the road to Damascus? The Lord met him. The Lord gained him. And yet, the Apostle Paul said, For the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, I suffer the loss of all things. In order to gain Christ, knowing Christ is not automatic. Now, it is very true that the mind of the flesh can never know the things of God. The mind of the flesh will despise the things of God. Naturally speaking, in ourselves—that is, in our flesh—it is all blind darkness against God. It is all rebellion and opposition towards God. It is true that unless God reveals. His son in us. We do not know anything spiritual. Do nothing by study. Do nothing by searching. We can find God. No. You can know much about God, much about Christ, but you do not know Him in your very being. And because of this, there is no transforming power. You may have a full knowledge of Jesus Christ, and yet you do not grow an inch spiritually. We need revelation. And thank God, he is a God of revelation. It is his delight to reveal his Son in us. God wants to show us Christ all day long. I often say, whenever you go to a family with a newborn baby, as you step into the door, the first thing they will show you is their son, <laughs> newborn son. That's their delight. And that is the way our Lord, our God is. Not only He has revealed Christ. Jesus to us as our Savior, it is his pleasure to reveal all about his Son to us. Revelation comes from God. It is not difficult, because it is his delight to do that. But why is it that we do not receive revelation? there is something standing there against that revelation and it is our own mind it is our flesh it is our whole life within us and these things within us are resisting the revelation of jesus christ to us whenever god reveals anything of his Son to us, immediately you find within us rising up an opposition, rejection, even hatred. And brothers and sisters, that's where spiritual travailing comes in. what you consider as precious to you in the past, as your very life, when revelation of Jesus Christ comes to you, there is a conflict of interest. There is a cross in your life? And what is our response? Do we exercise our spirit in the sense that we are willing to count all things as trust for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ? To put it in another way, Is our knowledge, our love, our clinging to things earthly that prevent or oppose, hinders the revelation of Jesus Christ in our life? The problem does not come from God. The problem is in us. And unless that problem is solved, and it takes a lifetime to solve that problem, you remember our Lord Jesus said, if anyone wants to come after me, he has to deny himself, take up his cross, daily, and follow me. If we try to save our lives, self-life, we lose it. If for his sake we are willing to lose our self-life, we gain it to eternity. Brothers and sisters, this is spiritual law of spiritual growth. And today you find God's people neglect that. Not only neglect that, but even oppose that. We like to hear something that is pleasing to our natural ear, to our natural life. Everything is all right. Go ahead. Do whatever you want. And you will end up in heaven. Wonderful. But that's dangerous. Without spiritual travailing, we are not able to gain Christ. In the measure that we are willing to count all things as dross will be the measure of our spiritual growth in stature. So do not forget that. How can we grow spiritually? By spiritual growth it means only one thing. It means that the life of Christ in you grows into maturity. It is not you, your whole life that grows into maturity. That's the opposite. It is the life of Christ in you grow into maturity. It should be a spiritually natural growth, but unfortunately there is another life there that becomes the enemy of that spiritual growth. And because of that enemy, Travailing comes in. Suffering comes in. But these sufferings are not in vain. These sufferings are with a purpose. Our flesh may suffer, but Christ's life in us will increase. And that is the only way to gain Christ. To know Christ. So brothers and sisters I wonder why is it God's people today after they are saved and after being Christian for maybe 10, 20, 30 years they know a lot but they grow very little why? I have been asked in this question for a long, long time. Why is it that God's people do not grow spiritually? And by growing spiritually means growing in the knowledge of Christ Jesus, knowing Christ deeper and deeper, Seeing Christ as God the Father sees him, that is spiritual growth. Why is it? There is not much growth among God's people. Is it because we have a false idea of growth? Is it because we are lacking in travail? We really do not struggle before God. We really be, are not violent to ourselves. You remember the Bible said, the kingdom of the heavens is to be gained by violence, and the violent gain it. Now by that violence, it doesn't mean violence to others. It means violence to yourself. Denying yourself. And if we do not deny ourselves, if we try to gratify ourselves, satisfy ourselves, give in to ourselves all the time, and even neglect the pleading of the Holy Spirit in our spirit, no wonder we do not grow. So spiritual growth, that is, knowing Christ, requires, demands, spiritual travail. Now, are we daily travailing? Thank God the Holy Spirit is within us. We do not need to try to find things to deny. We did not even need to search our mind to to see things that we should repent. That would be false. That would bring us into trouble. The Holy Spirit is within us. He is so wise. He knows our frame. And He will bring to our remembrance. He will touch our conscience. He will speak to us in still small voice. He will shine his inner light upon our spirit. We begin to see there is something there that is standing in the way of our spiritual growth. And God demands it be removed. Are we willing to deny ourselves? To lose our soul life, as it were. We suffer a little bit, but that suffering is full of meaning because it brings us to Christ. That is gaining Christ. And brothers and sisters, this is a lifetime pursuing. The Apostle Paul, even when he was in Roman prison, when he wrote this letter to the Philippines, he said, I do not say that I have already possessed. I want to apprehend that which I was, have been apprehended. I'm forgetting that which is behind and stretching myself towards the goal before me brothers and sisters, that's the first area we have to learn to travail. Second area, we have to travail for sonship. As we have already remembered, already said, God's purpose is not just bring us into his family as babes. He wants us to grow into maturity, to be sons and daughters that can bear responsibility with our Lord Jesus. That is God's purpose. And for that purpose, we have to travel. In Romans chapter 8 you find it is very clear, even the whole universe is groaning. If we have spiritual ear, we can hear even the groaning of the trees. The groaning of the universe. They groan not because of themselves. They were under corruption. They were under emptiness, vanity. It is because of man. It is man who brings the whole world into vanity, into corruption. So they are groaning for the day of freedom. But they cannot be freed until the manifestations of the sons of God. Until God's children become sons, grown up. And not only the whole universe, the whole world is growing around us. We who are the first fruit of the Holy Spirit. We are also groaning within ourselves. We want to grow. I always remember my youngest sister when she is a little, maybe a few years old, five or six years old. She has a cousin of her age. And one day they were sitting on the stairway, talking. And somebody heard them. What they were talking, they were groaning. They said, we are the littlest in the families. (laughs) See our bigger sisters and brothers. They have so many privileges that we do not have. So they groan for their littleness. <laughs> now, brothers and sisters, are you groaning within your spirit because you're still a babe? Or you feel very comfortable to be a babe in Christ? The life within us is a growing life. And because of that, it is groaning within us. Groaning for sonship. Groaning for the day that we were replaced as sons. Groaning for the day that we may be able to share Not only our inheritance, but also our responsibilities with Christ Jesus. Drooling for a day where we can reign with Christ. Do not think that reign with Christ means that you are above everybody and give orders and be served. The Lord said, I am among you as the one who serves instead of being served. Now, are we groaning for sonship? We groan because we realize that within us there is opposition, there is hindrance, there is that which leads us astray. And you groan over it. You do not know how you can overcome it. You wrestle with it. You try to pray, but you do not know how. And the Holy Spirit will groan within you. And God knows the mind of the Spirit. And somehow the whole thing began to clear up. you begin to grow a little bit more. Brothers and sisters, is that our experience? Why is it God's people do not grow spiritually? Because they are too confident with their present situation. They like to be bathed in Christ and taken off care by everybody. If anything is a little late, you just cry and you will be catered to. Now, do you want to be like that? And make your father sorrowful. Brothers and sisters, we need to travel into sonship. And the third area is, we need to travail for souls. Just like the Apostle Paul. You know, in Romans chapter 9, he said, When I'm thinking of my kinsmen, my brethren in the flesh, I feel painful. I'm willing to be a curse to Christ. And let my brethren be blessed. He travailed for his brethren. And he travails for souls. Brothers and sisters, I believe as soon as you are saved, there is a spiritual instinct within you. As Christ travails for your soul. So when you are saved, automatically, I will say, you feel within you a travailing for the ones you love. If that kind of travailing is absent, I wonder whether you are saved. Have you ever travailed in prayer for any soul? I remember Brother Watchman Nee after he was saved. He tried to win his fellow students. He approached them, attacked them everywhere until his fellow students avoided him. And one day he met Ms. Groves, a fellow worker of Ms. Barber. And Miss Groves asked him, after you are saved, how many have you winged to Christ? One to Christ. He said, none. <laughs> but he said, I have preached Christ. It is their fault. They did not believe. <laughs> so Miss Groves said, have you ever prayed for them? Never. Never. Ms. Grove said, you better pray for them. Because it's not you who saved them. It's Christ who saved them. So he put all these names in his book and prayed for them diligently and within a short period. One after another got saved. Brothers and sisters, have you ever travailed For your father, for your mother, for your son, for your daughter, for your friend, for somebody. We need to travail for them. And then the fourth one is, we need to travail for the church. Look at Paul. How he travailed for the body of Christ. He travailed for the Corinthian church. He said, I'm willing to spend and spend myself for you. Even if the more I love you, the more, the less I'm loved. I'm willing to do that. To the Ephesian church, he said, day and night, I preach, I share with you the full counsel of God with tears. To the Colossian church, he said, I travail to fill up that which is behind of the tribulation of Christ for the body's sake. In other words, knowing that he is a member in the body of Christ, He wants to see that body grow into maturity and travail for it. Now, do we travail for the Church? Do we travail because of all the divisions you find in the body of Christ? We need to travail to keep the spirit of the unity of the body of Christ. We need to pay a cost even for that reason. We need to travail in giving ourselves to minister to our brothers and sisters in the way that God has gifted us not just being ministered. We have our little part to play in the house of God. And in doing that, you may be misunderstood. Sometimes you will be rejected. Thank God for that. Because it is through rejection for mistake that you learn. Learn to Submit yourself under the headship of Christ so that the body may be increased with the increase of God. So dear brothers and sisters, we find that in all these four areas, we are to be involved. Finally, how do we begin? This spiritual travail is not something we can work up ourselves. It is the love of God that constrains us. Brothers and sisters, how we need to live close to God How we need to meditate upon the love of Christ until we are so constrained that we will likewise have such love. Do you love yourself? Everybody does. But you love the wrong self. You love the old self. You should love the new self. Now if you love the new self, you will begin to travel for it. You will begin to pray for it you will begin to be willing to pay any cost for it. Love is the beginning. Love is the force behind travailing. Number two. When the Lord gives you a burden within you for yourself, for the sake of Christ, for other people, for the church, the best way, the highest way to express it is by prayer. Pray. Because this is something beyond ourselves. If we can do anything without prayer, there is a warning sign. Who is doing it? So we need to give ourselves to prayer. More prayer. Pray for all these things. Number three. As we begin to pray, We must give ourselves totally to God, willing to pay any cost. That's the reason why before we build anything, we need to sit down and count the cost. Are you willing to pay the cost? Without doing that, you may build a tower, lay the foundation, and cannot complete it. And you will be a laughing stock. Count your cost. Until, by the grace of God, mercies of God, you are willing to give yourself totally, completely to Him. And finally, Begin small. Don't be so ambitious and try to pray great prayers. Try to do many things. Begin small. That will deliver us from ourselves. And in the measure of the Spirit of God works in you, you begin to grow. And if we are faithful in small things, God will give you bigger things. These are the practical way of entering into this matter of spiritual travail. So may the Lord start it with each and every one of us. God bless you.